Welcome to another edition of the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony Rumfalo. I'm Aaron Rumfalo. Hey, how's it going? Ryan here, little brother. (laughs) (laughs) We're already getting it going this time. Yes, here we are. And we're sitting together in the same room. Uh, for the first time, and actually a long time, we recording episodes, the con- yeah, yeah yes, which is actually so. much preferred. Everything right. I can make you guys laugh more when you can see me. Oh, I was just gonna say, you can't really uh, um, guarantee the <laughs> the quality or the professionalism of the podcast. See, I can do stuff like this, <laughs> <laughs> and no one knows what I'm doing. And you guys no. are laughing. So, <laughs> anyway, welcome back, everybody. Uh-huh. We're holding to our our. Uh, we're holding to what we said, where we said we would do it every two every weeks. Two weeks and here every, we are. We're yeah, what, two in a row so far? Pretty much every other week. Or is that yeah. three in a row? So uh, this will be number three in a row. Three in a row. Yeah. Every other oh, week, I think. So. Good for um, us. Episode 14. <laughs> we don't even know. But at least it's been two. So two yeah. Yeah. Don't turn us off yet. We're about to get to the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Here Speaking of the good stuff, uh, last podcast, we got to know Aaron a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're doing this in no particular order because uh, I would either be first or last. Oh, wait, I am going to be last. But yeah. Ryan wouldn't be in the middle. And I, anyway, um, so uh, this this episode, I was going to say this week, but this this biweekly episode, we're going to get to know Ryan from follow. How's it going? <laughs> but not yet. Because <clears throat> we got more important stuff to talk about than I, you. I feel like with Ryan here, we're on an episode of Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Between Two Ferns? Have you ever never seen that? No. Oh, dude. Oh, wow. Okay. I know what you're you talking need, about. You need to watch yeah. those. They're really funny. He oh. does these interviews with celebrities. And he, it's kind of like, you remember when Chris Farley would do his, you you remember that? Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. You know, like Chris Farley. So do they do it in between two ferns? Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. That makes sense. And it's just like awkward interviews. Yeah. Right. I don't know why, but. It's pretty funny. That just made me think of the Dave Chappelle. Fizzieth. <laughs> I plead the fizzieth. Five. One, two, three, four. Fizzieth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best oh, episode. That's ever. great. Oh, anyway, man. I don't know how we got sidetracked. Yeah, okay. I'm not either. Um, speaking of sidetracked, though, I just um, uh, I just want to say a goodbye to uh, um, someone that I've been a fan of for a very long time. I I heard a rumor that he was an avid listener of the podcast, <clears throat> so maybe he'll appreciate this. But um, I don't know if you didn't hear this yet, but uh, the Utah Jazz traded Alec Burks. <laughs> Um, and two draft picks. I to, was wondering uh, where you were going with yeah, this. I, I thought you were going to say Stanley, and I'm like, we talked. We already talked about that. I was, but... I was trying to keep a straight face. Okay, but well, you did a good job. Because no. me and Aaron were looking at each other like, what the fuck? So you guys know we're both. We're all big Utah Jazz fans, <laughs> and and uh, gonna miss Alec Burks. Uh, he was a great contributor to the team. Um, uh, you know, so it's sad to see him go, but uh, pretty damn excited to welcome Kyle Korver back to the Utah yeah, Jazz. Absolutely, yeah. it was sure. definitely an offensive move because yeah. Kyle Korver's on fire from three point. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm that's, sure that's what we needed. I'm sure when all the females in Salt Lake City and Utah found out, they're like, <gasps> well, did you, did you not see, um, the Utah Jazz um, Instagram page was posting a bunch of funny tweets, and it the tweets were like, all right, husbands, hide your wives and Corver's <laughs> oh, back and just stuff like that. It was it was actually pretty funny. Oh, but pretty funny. I always thought and, it looked and like for Tom those Cruise. of you that really don't give a shit about basketball or the Utah Jazz <laughs> or Kyle Corver, he's been compared to like Ashton Kutcher, yeah, who's, who's right. a celebrity who yep. he used to be a male model, you know, Kutcher did. So. Oh, I thought you were gonna say as a basketball player. No, no, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. yes, this is an aviation no. podcast. We got yes. some cool shit coming up. But we live in Utah, yeah. and so we're, we we're huge basketball fans, so we had to say we something. Anyway, yep. so I'm sorry. I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first order of news for the day, Aaron, would you like to share that with us? I would love to. And this is actually something that I was there to witness. I covered it. Uh, for Ramp Check Global. Um, as you guys know, uh, that follow our Instagram or Twitter um, and people that listen to the podcast, I'm, I'm a photographer. I've covered many aviation events. Um, and uh, here locally in uh, Ogden slash Layton, Utah, um, Hill Air Force Base, which is the, um, the first base to house combat operational F-35 um, A model um, stealth fighters um, actually completed one hell of a demonstration on the 19th of November. Um, it's called the Combat Power Exercise, where they actually lined up and um, dun, dun, all flew a sortie together. 35 F 35. Uh, lightning twos. And Damn. what a sight it was. That's a it lot was, of money in one. Oh. Like. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So right. That yeah, like like a hundred million dollars times thirty-five. Yeah, that's, that's some billions right billions, there. Thirty-five. Yeah. And can I just million. interrupt you and say I love that they called it like a show of force. Oh yeah. Because oh, when yeah. I looked at your pictures, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty big show of force. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> show of force, lethality, and yeah. readiness. Okay, yeah. so let me just ask this question. Yeah. So, if if Obama was still the president. What do you think this would have been called? Like a pillow fight or some shit? <laughs> Probably wouldn't have happened because of the military sequester that the Obama administration had put on the military. So, you know. That's that's true. But I just wonder. I, I could hear him on the phone yeah. with the base commander. I know. Okay. You guys can do it. But you need to call it something different. You can't call it a show. I know. I've already apologized to all the countries yeah. across the globe. And we can't start stirring shit up again. And let's only use three aircraft. I know. I know. Let's let's just do a normal sortie and call it combat power. You can't use thirty five, but since thirty five is significant to the aircraft type of the F thirty five, you can use eight because three plus five is eight. Or just have a commanding officer come out and his show of force. <laughs> I know. Grit his teeth and growl yeah. and then turn around. Anyway. Uh, sorry to interrupt. What it was. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you guys always get to do the cool shit. Hey, I wasn't I there for I this know. one. Ryan, Ryan My ass had to come one. down and help you with other business related stuff. <laughs> but I wanted to be there. But yeah. Yeah. anyway, continue with what you're but saying. Anyway, so so they launched, uh, they, they lined up uh, 35 that actually lined up 36 F35s and 35 of them actually departed. Wow. Um, 
But uh, they launched. One. They launched 35 over 11 minutes. So the afterburner, after afterburner, after. I mean, it was one of the most incredible things that I've ever witnessed personally. If you follow our um, Instagram page, which yeah, is at Ramp Check Global, tons of photos. On tons of photos some really cool video. Yeah. Um, and, so uh, I, l let me tell you a little bit um, <clears throat> what it was like um, when we got there. Um, you know, the the media all checked in. We we took a van out to not down by the river, but um, <laughs> out by the control <laughs> tower. Came out of microchips, and they could track you and if you posted anything illegal. After a brief, uh, um, you know, discussion and briefing on what we could and couldn't do while we were there. Um, we uh, um, we took the elevator to the very top of the air traffic control tower there, and while we were doing this, a bunch of F-35s were actually taxiing out to the runway because they lined up all the aircraft that were going to fly on the runway in um, groups of four, um, and it's just it's amazing looking. I mean, those pictures of them all on the runway are pretty awesome. Oh yeah, it was it was incredible, and and uh, somebody needs to turn their phone off. I think it was Tony. But um, but anyway, um, hearing all like thirty five slash thirty six of those Pratt and Whitney F one thirty five engines just sitting there idling all together was was amazing. So so we're on top. We're, we're in the cat on the catwalk of of the air traffic control tower. Um, and uh, there was a um, a Utah Army National Guard. Uh, Blackhawk there circling around. Um, it was used as a photo ship for some military photographers. Um, they had they got a bunch of pictures, um, and then after all the photos uh, the military wanted to take on the ground, they all taxied right by the um, the control tower where, where we were in. And Sorry, wrong button. <laughs> what in the hell are you doing? I'm trying to silence my phone. Jeez. <clears throat> so this doesn't happen again. Okay. Yeah. There we go. All right. Are we good? We're good. Finish. <laughs> One ping only, please. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Give so me, Give me a ping, Vasily. <laughs> you look a little Sean Connery-ish with your beard, actually. Yeah, you but um, No shave November. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so they, then they all taxi down to the end of the runway. Um, two Luke Air Force Base F-16D models. Um, that were the photo ship for their sortie, which was going to be over the Utah uh, test and training range. Which you can see pictures of on Insta yeah. our Instagram as well. It, it, yep. Exactly. Pretty much anything I'm talking about on here is, has, has got those uh, images. Um, so those two took off first. And then, like I just said, uh, over an 11-minute period, you saw 35 F-35s depart. That's Full just afterburner, amazing. like oh, it was, like you'll probably never see anything like that again. Yeah, like, I, I mean, it's well, it's, let's hope we never have to yeah. see anything. Well, not us. If, anyway. if, if you do, it's probably because we're at war. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, so anyway, so they they departed, um, and then uh, we, you know, it took I don't know, probably just under an hour, um, and by that time we had. Um, exited the uh, control tower and we were down on the ground to, to cover the, them coming back. And then here comes a wave of 35 F-35s. Just, it was amazing to see. I don't even know how to explain it. So did they all do the typical pattern that they do when they land? So about half of them did. Uh -huh. So um, they, uh, they they all flew over and then and then they, they all departed um, 
you know, the, the, the pattern for landing. Half of them would land. Some of them did, like, touch and goes. Some of them just did missed approaches. But there was a bunch of them that just, you know, did missed approaches and cleaned up and full afterburner and just flew right over us on the ground, wow. right on the outside <laughs> of the runway. And, I mean, it was, oh, it was just so badass. I mean, it was like a kid in a candy store, you know. I mean, I the opportunity was just was incredible. And, and um, Hill Air Force Base is is one of the most well-run military installations um, around the world. It's got to be. Oh, yeah. Um, well, all three of us have been there a lot over the years. Oh, yeah. It's just always yeah. solid. Yeah, there. the 388th yeah. Fighter Wing and the 419th Fighter Wing, uh, they're well-run. They've always had cutting-edge aircraft. Mm -hmm. I mean, them being assigned the first combat operational F-35 squadrons. Well, and the 419th is, like, is crazy. The 419th is a reserve unit, too. Yeah, that's so, right. That's wow. right. So for a reserve unit to have one of the first, yeah, you know, the, be the one of the first to have the F-35, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it, awesome. it, it really is. Um and then so and then after that that you know they landed taxi by or whatever and then and then um, we exited the base but um uh one of the cool things that i noticed is um whenever you see f-35s um in in the civilian you know flying around at air shows or you know typically um an f-35 um has a device called a a Lundberg lens and what that is it's a radar reflector used to make low observable aircraft like the F1, or F-117. They probably had them too <laughs> when they were flying uh, quite a bit. Um, but like the F-35, the F-22s, well, it, it's this like, it, it, it's this little bubble looking thing that they actually attach um, all over the aircraft. And they're basically radar reflectors so that local air traffic control can pick them up on radar. And if they don't have those on, they like they can't can pick them up, oh. and so and 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 I'll I'll show you guys in more detail. Like a decloaking device. That's right. right. Yeah. It's like exactly yeah. whisper um, mode. <laughs> and I noticed going through all the photos that I took that uh, there was a bunch of F-35s that were totally in stealth mode. They oh, didn't have really? those reflectors. Wow. That's so cool. that that's that's kind of cool, you know. So the reflectors. The first time I've noticed F-35s that didn't have those on. So the reflectors are, it's not like something that's permanently installed on the aircraft and they switch on and off. Yeah, they, it's just the, the reflector the, device the, it's itself. It's an aftermarket add-on. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's an after thing Purchase on eBay. Sparkle-matic. I need an F-35 decloaking <laughs> device. But I, I, I want to I show you here, I have a couple photos that I'll show you guys right now, but see? See right there? Oh, yeah. That's the radar deflector. Okay. And there's wow, two on each side, and then there's two down on the bottom. Well, let me show so you one that doesn't on, have it. So it can be read on the yep. radar. See, oh, yeah. And this one doesn't yep. have it. So, so when those See, bad boys oh, yeah. are missing, that means they're going to war. Yeah, no, that's seriously. Awesome. If, if Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. If if you're ever at a military base and there's a conflict or something weird going on mm -hmm. and UCF 35s depart a military base without radar deflectors, it's probably it's loaded up. It's, it's probably it's on. on my donkey call. <laughs> that's right. So that was just kind of a cool aspect cool. of I the whole day that, so that's that, a, yeah. um, that, that I noticed. Well, um, and I wanted to mention, too, um, I don't know if you guys saw this on our Instagram page again at Ramp Check Global. Aaron put up a couple of pictures um, on top of each other 
there was a one of an F-16 and then one of the F-35. Mm-hmm. And the contrast between the two and the number of years, because that's when I was stationed there at Hill yeah. Air Force Base. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and for your birthday, you that's and a bunch right. of friends. And that's 30 years ago that those photos were taken, 30 years apart. That's insane. Oh. It's the exact same intersection of the taxiway from yep. the exact same that's vantage right. point. We need to put that on that's right. Instagram, that picture. It's up there. Oh, it's Aaron on there. Put it on there. Yeah, yeah. Just, the one that okay. I text you guys, I don't, did put it on don't there. Don't mind my mullet and me saluting. I'm just the little nerdy <laughs> oh, oh, brother. No, awesome. no, it's not that one. Oh, it's it's okay. the one of the aircraft. Okay. Okay. Oh, you Never need mind. to put the mullet yeah, and the salute. I know, I need to put and that one And then you also need too. to put that of the one where Ryan's wearing my 729th Tactical Control <laughs> yeah, Squadron hat when we were camping. That's oh, you yeah. need to put those together. Oh, yeah. That's a serious... Oh yeah. One. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what I was talking about, I misunderstood what you were saying. Is we have another photo. We have another yeah. photo when we went for Aaron's birthday, and Tony's in his Air Force uniform, and and Aaron, Aaron's there, and he's got his Top Gun hat on, and we have like one of our cousins and Aaron's friends, and then me, the nerdy little brother, tagging along. <laughs> hey guys, hey hey. <laughs> um, and we'll put that photo, but it's taken right in front of that area that's between the tower and that main hangar. Yeah. Where it's yeah. taken right there, which we've been there so oh, many man. times during our show. And it's just crazy to I see know. all the years go by. It and, is cool. And being there. So, and and that, that, that same day, you know, we were just talking about the F-16 photo that I have and then the F-35 one, 30 years apart. Well, that same day, we also took a picture of uh, of a C five Galaxy that's the on the ramp, painted right? in the green. Yeah, the green camouflage. Oh, so wow, cool which is cool. And and the interesting <clears throat> thing, is, this also dates the photo. Is well, not only the C five camouflage. I mean, that yeah. ended in the eighties, right. you know, yep. a long time ago. Uh, they're all uh, that military gray now. Yeah. Um, but the uh, on the ramp in the background, you can see a single. Uh, A6 oh, intruder. Yeah. Oh. And you mentioned wow. that in your yeah. post. And, yeah. and uh, two uh, OH-6 Little Bird helicopters, um, which is really cool. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So, um, wow. yeah, I mean, just, gosh, there's so many awesome, like, archival photos that I have and that we have that we'll definitely be posting more on. on oh, no, I don't have anything like that. And you're just posting all these photos reminding oh, me of... I have so many. It's like, text where you, I'm like, where are you getting all these, these Aaron? It's just because like, I, I seriously have saved pretty much everything aviation-related my whole life. Yeah, that's because you're... And you're a photographer. Yeah, and, and I'm a photographer. <laughs> photographer. <laughs> but, um, that's how it's spelled. But, but everyone but, says photographer. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was It was awesome. Um, yeah, we're really jealous. I you called us after it happened, and mm-hmm. t- Tony put you on speaker, and I was working, but I could hear you. Yeah, I could just hear like the excitement in your voice. Oh, I said that when you hung up. I'm like, you could tell Aaron was pretty excited about that, so I was kind of sad we missed it. But, oh my gosh! But I we're mean, glad that you were able the, to go. Yeah, oh yeah. My, I mean, uh, the, the media <laughs> relations guy, his name's Micah. He's, yeah, he's awesome. We talked he's, about him before. Yeah, he's he's badass. He's been good to he, us. He's, he's so good to us, and and he's awesome but um the the, the funny thing is it, it felt like he had to be like okay Aaron, we're done let's go let's load up you know we're everything's done and all the aircraft are and i'm just like everyone's I'm, gone but you oh my gosh i'm just like running like, around like mm, i can do this all day like when a little kid says no like you're like mm. yeah yeah so you just turn your head and mm. exactly <laughs> it's time to go mm. it's funny um and okay so and then didn't you um 
didn't you get a chance to speak with someone like either a pilot yeah, or yeah. a commander? So, and right, and I think you have some sound bites I, from I, those interviews. I do. There, there's 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 two people. Okay, so there's there's one interview that I did. I'll play the sound bite for that in a second. Um, but uh, um, as you guys know, we do know some F thirty five pilots that are based out of Hill. Fast. Uh, yeah, fast. Um, How's it going, actually, man? wasn't a part of this operation because. He, I, what he had mentioned is he, he's been flying, you know, quite a bit mm-hmm. or whatever. And so there were a lot of other pilots that didn't have as many hours or whatever. Oh, gotcha. So yeah. something like that. So fast wasn't there, unfortunately, um, but he was awesome. But, but there is another F thirty five pilot that you guys haven't met yet, but, but I, I met him. Oh gosh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, I remember you talking um, about him. Yeah, and, and it's so funny because it was through our other business how I met yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Was he part of this? He was part of this. Oh, cool. Um, cool. His call sign is Iron, and awesome. um, he uh, he was actually flying aircraft fifty one seventy, I think, if That's I remember. But ironic. But anyway, so I actually emailed him a bunch of the photos oh, of, of cool. him actually flying the aircraft. Oh, I, cool. I I can show you guys um, on my iPad exactly what it was, but. Yeah, Iron fifty one seventy. So, so th- this this is him. He uh, he flew uh, this wow. aircraft. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Um, yeah. Oh, look, and he doesn't even have the nope. uh, the radar reflectors on. So he was he, so really he up was there? he was stealth iron this day. <laughs> but anyway, that's funny. But anyway, um, that 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 that's pretty cool. Um, you know, these F thirty five pilots are just the the cream of the crop when it comes to aviators. Is is yeah. it just awesome. me, or can you guys not wait to see the F thirty five in the Thunderbird colors? Oh, I know, oh, dude. it will be cool. The, the, be it's so just badass. just how loud, right? Four F thirty fives, forty thousand pounds of thrust per engine, yeah. all taking off in the diamond. Because I'm just thinking about oh. one and how loud that is. Oh so yeah, far. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be badass. I mean, we won't see it for a while, obviously. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll be in our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay. So. Well, maybe uh, in my lifetime, bro. Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> it was all airplanes out. <laughs> I remember way back in 1986 when. You ever talk like that? I'm gonna hit you with your cane. <laughs> I know. We'll just will you into the other room and shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so um, um, uh, media members were, were able to interview the um, 388th Fighter Wing Vice Commander, um, mm-hmm. Colonel Michael Ebner, and he was, he was really cool, and, and I had the chance to actually uh, ask him a question. I'm going to go ahead and play that soundbite, and then uh, we can go from there. So I, I have a quick question. Um, you had mentioned um, you guys really didn't, break glass ceiling or anything this is something that you guys are totally capable of um what would be the biggest thing in your opinion that you guys learned today after all the aircraft are back and you debrief and go through that what is there one goal that that you guys were trying to accomplish other than launching a number of f-35s all together well i think our our overall goal was to test the system right what what if you know, we haven't been asked to provide 35 aircraft to, to the combat commander, uh, but what if that, it's always a, a what if, and if that yeah. question is asked of us, where, where are we at? And so today we're, we're measuring that. Uh, we're going to be able to identify up our chain of command, you know, where our limitations are and what they can do to help us, but 
we're in constant communication with our higher headquarters, so they have a pretty good assessment of our program and where we're at in general. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't necessarily be a shock to anybody uh, of what yeah. we're actually able to do. We just proved that we could back up exactly what we're saying. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, That's it's awesome. just awesome. Because <laughs> we can do exactly what we're saying. Exactly. <laughs> and, so cool. and that's the thing with the F-35 being such a new program, um, you know, and all the politics behind it. You know, is it going to be capable? Is it going to do what it's supposed to do? It's the most expensive combat, you know, military program in history. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, is it going to be able to do what it's supposed to do? And you know what? That's pretty badass when 35 F-35s yeah. are Well, if there's, a, if there's a major enough conflict that calls for 35 F-35s. Oh, yeah. I, I have a feeling that the 35 F-35s alone might be able to just take care of it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or just the fact that I bet this detours certain countries that might think, you know, less of us as you know as the united states i'm sure this would detour them from trying to start some shit i mean mm-hmm. that, that's what it's I about think so. just like president reagan in the 80s it's all about strength through power like strength peace you know through strength sh- exactly mm-hmm. peace through sp- strength you sh- you have that power you have that capability you show that we have that capability and you know the world is just a better place because of it well, and that <clears throat> that strength um, that we showed, especially back in the 80s in the Cold War days, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Soviet Union, they were showing their strength as well. And, you know, they called that the balance of power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of a lot of you young whippersnappers out there, um, you know, a lot. I, we were probably on the brink several times that we don't even know about. I mean, look at the Cuban Missile Crisis. That was crazy. But the thing is, is I think one of the reasons why cooler heads prevailed in in that scenario and maybe other scenarios that we don't know about is both, you know, with, with the U.S. and with the then Soviet Union having so many nuclear warheads and strike capability and this and that. Yeah. The only way to win a nuclear war is to strike first and take out the enemy's um, capability. capability to respond. Yeah, yeah. So it was that balance of power that, that probably kept the world alive for many, many oh, years. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely, but, uh, definitely. And people, you know, I, I, I really think that some of the attacks on our country, um, recent attacks, you know, when I say recent, maybe within the last, you know, 10 years or so, it's because of... America started looking weak to people. It's like that old adage of a shark smelling blood in the water. Totally. So America's weak. They're not going to retaliate. So we're going to do this and that. And so, um, you know, our current president, hate him or not, one of his priorities is getting that military back up to where not only are our enemies fear us, but if you think about it, and this, I might be way off on this, but. Even our allies might fear us just a little bit yeah. to the point where they yeah. want to stay allies with us. Oh, yeah. you, know? oh, you don't yeah. want to piss those well, guys and, off. Well, and, and think about this. And I don't really want to venture into politics. I don't either. Because people just, you just, 
people these days, you just can't mesh politics. No, but it's like that but, Dennis Miller podcast. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah. Dennis Miller, if you guys ever want an awesome podcast about politics, listen to Dennis Miller. Yes, the comedian Dennis Miller that used to be on Saturday Night Live and Monday Night Football. Oh, he's what brilliant. Happened but, 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 but anyway, um, um, look, look at what has happened. Let's give an example of North Korea. Let's look, look what has happened ever since our current president, um, President Trump, got into office. Look at the military spending. His priority is to build our military back up with the latest equipment, um, you know, hire more military uh, personnel. And look what happens. It brings Kim Jong-un to the table because he knows there is no way that he is going to be able to, to, to survive in his country yeah. if, if he faces the most formidable military in the world. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's all together because you look over the past, gosh, how many decades, no U.S. president has been able to do something like this. Right. So I don't necessarily think that it, it was necessarily President Trump, but I think it was his actions that caused it to happen. Well, hey, I, you, you could put any president in and, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to spend this many billions more on the military and we're not going to allow you to test fire missiles anymore. Yeah. Right. Any president say that and, and Kim Jong-un's coming to the table. Right. Yeah. And pretty much called his bluff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, and I think that's where the Trump factor comes in because yeah. Trump is so good about negotiating that I think that's probably that, that factor. Yeah. But, but we don't need to get further into politics no. than that. But I, I, just know, wanted to, yeah, you know, I just wanted to point yeah. out that, that our strength or yes. a show of strength, yes. it, it, um, it's a deterrent. We're all Americans. We all need to be together and we all need you know, to fight together if we need to. We all need to support right. each other. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't, doesn't come to that, but if it right. does, right. you got to right. stick together. And, yeah. you know, politically, it doesn't matter who who is in, you know, the Oval Office. It, it, it really doesn't matter. We just, we need to stand united, yeah. period. We do. For all of you international listeners, sorry. Hopefully yeah. you can relate. Well, there, there's, yeah, but, there's lots of countries that are allies to the United States, right. what we're talking well, about. Well, there is one thing that has impressed me in my lifetime. It is how America, especially, but even other countries can come together when there is, like, crisis. Right. Yeah. Or talk of True. War or, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of conflict and debate about things, about going overseas and doing stuff, but whenever there has been a tragedy that affects the country personally on a personal level, like September 11th and things yeah. like that, I really like to see how everyone comes together and all the pettiness goes away. So hopefully right. we can just learn from things and the pettiness goes away without there needing to be a tragedy. Yeah, however, I know. But, well, I know. There, but, and there doesn't need to be a tragedy to bring everybody together. There doesn't um, need to be, but that's... No. It's, what it's, it's usually it's that way, though. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, I, this is what I yeah. wish would happen. Hmm. So this is, this is the sci-fi nerd coming out in me right now. Uh -oh. We, we can't go. go to a different planet, brother. No. Oh, yes, okay. we can. Well, <laughs> we have. At least mankind yet. Yes. Yeah. Sure no, but, but I wish that just somebody from another galaxy, another planet, another <laughs> species, or, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, extraterrestrial intelligent, intelligent life, would peaceful intelligent yeah. life granted we don't need an independence day um <laughs> but uh just a peaceful they would just show up and introduce themselves and say hey you know what 
We know you guys thought this, but you aren't the only motherfuckers in the universe. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so. that alone, I'd be on board just because if they said motherfucker, <laughs> I'm going to be like... Hell yeah! So they did put some Samuel L. Jacksons on the uh, Explorer program. Yeah, hopefully they don't come out and no be like, doubt. How's it going, motherfuckers? <laughs> They're all Samuel L. Jacksons. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, they put some, some of their movies on there. Yeah, some, of, some of their movies. And, and the only radio frequency that that intelligent mind could pick up is like hip hop stations or something. Yeah. Sirius XM hip hop. <laughs> But, uh, uh, but no, yeah. I wish that yeah. they would show all, up in all, peace. All kidding aside, it is true. Mankind it would, would unite. Yeah, I, I it mean, would, it would unite more people. I would hope than, so. Yeah. Yes, because yeah, you, so. you know, there's so many people that disagree about so many things yeah. on our planet. If we could get past those, I know. Because because I, I again, the sci-fi nerd coming out in me, I I watched all the Star Trek movies again over the last few months. Um, because yeah, I don't cool. have a life and have a lot of time on my. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I am kidding, Jessica. You keep me plenty busy. <laughs> Love you, babe. Um, but uh, just that existence that, yeah. you know, the the entire earth. earth. <laughs> planet earth? You're already talking about the planet they're from. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I get, I get your point. Right? But let's, you know, yeah. to wrap up this discussion. Yeah, no, no, no. To wrap up this discussion, it would be nice if we. Could in the meantime, united. it's pretty badass that we get to follow mm -hmm. such an amazing military yeah. and the aviation that's right. involved in it. Yeah, that's um, very cool. That you got it's to awesome. Do that. And if if anybody out there listening <laughs> is with uh, Nellis Air Force Base Public Relations, hey, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at Ramp Check Global. Make contact. I'm in St. George, Utah, so I'm like an hour and a half from Nellis yeah, Air we Force cover Base. Plenty of and Nellis stuff, yeah. We love would to uh, love to cover some stuff for you guys. Yeah, so definitely. If you're listening or if you know for don't know of somebody that's listening wait a second. If you know of somebody that you, I think we you just get blew my point. the interview. <laughs> <laughs> anyway I'm sure Micah would vouch for us. Yeah, We're pretty cool. But anyway, yeah. the last thing I want to mention about Hill Air Force Base, um, and this is a little side note, little little bit of news that just came out. Um, the new B-21 bomber, the Raider is what mm -hmm. they call it, which is going to replace uh, the B-1 and the B-2. Mm -hmm. um, um, uh Let's see here. Uh, what base was it? Tinker Air Force Base Tinker, yeah. was uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, was was announced to um, actually, you know, support the B-21s where they're going to be based. And oh, Hill wow, Air Force Base huge. is part of that where they're going to support Tinker Air Force Base um, in maintaining the B-21s. So, so we might see some. I'm guaranteeing we're going to see some B-21s in, awesome. in Utah. Got to move to Ogden, I guess. Probably the Late, mid- I mean. 2020s late 2020s that's gonna be cool. it's gonna be awesome well and and um uh hill air force base has been a maintenance depot for a lot oh, of different oh there's so awesome. many yeah, so, that's so cool. the f-22 yep. the f-35 obviously a-10s right uh f-16s yeah, uh, yeah all kinds so of i mean and that yeah, that they, again speaks to the personnel and the commanders and everybody at hill air force base so oh, way yeah. to go guys oh yeah way to go cool. hill Yes. We love for keeping nerds space. like us on our Utah. toes. That's right. right. Cool. Um, well, what else we got? Well, we gonna, we're we start we're with Ryan? 35 in. We can either do that or we can talk a little bit about the news and do the challenge and do the interview next time. 
Um, I think it's up to whatever you, you, you guys want to do. Uh, let's go ahead and let's get to know little brother. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's okay. Right. And then, that's um, where you want to go. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk to Ryan. And then uh, back by popular demand, the aircraft challenge is coming back. So <laughs> it's not really popular demand. Ryan keeps forgetting the damn chart, I can't remember so. if I, yeah, I can't remember if I said it last time, but I couldn't remember. And Deanna reminded me because... Deanna had made a joke that she hid it from me, and that's why I keep forgetting it. <laughs> I know. I was talking to Jessica. We canceled it because of you girls. She's like, Stop it. <laughs> I think I said that before. But. But anyway. So anyway, not not canceled for those of you that were sitting on the edge of your seat about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's just go ahead yeah. and uh, uh, get into, uh, into Ryan's little bit of history. The whole point... The whole reason we're doing these interviews of, of all three of us is just so you guys can get to know us a little bit more um, and uh, give us some credibility that we actually know what the hell we're talking right. about. And a lot of this might be repeated and, from like one of the first episodes, but yeah, yeah, but, but this will be a try to be a little more in depth. Yeah, not well, talking about all three of us in one episode. We're right, talking about one. Right. So. Well, and in that first episode too, we were like. Hey, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> I know. Yeah, let's okay. start an aviation podcast. <laughs> right. So, um, so Ryan, why don't why don't we just start out real quick and just kind of remind people that may have li- listened to episode one or two, mm-hmm. um, what um, what got you interested in even wanting to work in aviation, um, and then kind of a little history on what you did and where you worked. So I think, um, I don't know, the interesting thing is, is, you know, there's always debates about things like, is someone born this way or born that way or whatever? And, and here's the thing. I just think when it comes to aviation, I just think it's in your blood. I mean, we all had it. You, you talk about, and I remember Fast in his interview saying that really when he was young, he never really thought about being a pilot and it took until he was older riding on like one of the, the cargo planes or, yeah, yeah. or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. before he realized it. But I still well, think fast, if you're listening, it was in your blood. It's just, <laughs> it's just like one of those, those, uh, things you have inside of you that it takes something to, to, it was just a dormant, a dormant gene. There you go. That's what I was go. looking for. And then, and then it was activated once yep. you smelled some jet fuel or right. something. And for me, I <laughs> I honestly can't pinpoint the exact time, but I do just remember being young, and I didn't realize until I was older that it was actually when I would have been like four or five years old. When I'm older, mm-hmm. I look back. I would look back and think, oh, that was like when I was ten. But no, it was like when I was four or five. Um, I know you had mentioned this, Aaron, like uh, dad taking us out to the observation deck at the airport and we'd be so excited when we'd see uh, landing lights in the distance and yeah. we'd try to guess what it was. Yep. It's a 727, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, since then, they've taken the observation deck away after September 11th, which know, is too bad because I had a lot of childhood memories there. Um, you know, there's an observation deck still at McCarran. Is there? But yeah. is it right, right on the flight path still? It's like well, it, it's not under it. It's okay. parallel to the runway, so you've got the two parallel oh, okay. run, runways That's that run cool. east and west. That's cool. And then you've got um, it's not Tropicana. I can't remember what. I think it might be Eastern yeah. Avenue. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, there's a place you can pull off right there and just watch oh, them. You're cool. right about the middle. Cool. Yeah, because the one in Salt Lake, you just be able to go park and you could go stand oh, right they had under like, the perimeter fence and it would be just Yeah, right it was a place so where the kids could play. And so watch. I, think I remember that, taking my kids there. Yeah, Doing that and then going to air shows, um, airport number <clears> two, which is now Salt Lake Regional, they used, they used to do... You know, they'd have the old B-17s and, mm-hmm. you know, watching oh, Bill yeah. Hunsaker and his T-6 <laughs> and Pat Holly and her little chipmunk. And yep. I just, I don't know. It was one of those things that would just give me a rush to watch and to yeah. see and, and going to the drive-in and watching Top Gun and all other aviation movies. I don't know. It just, it just kind of was in my blood. So that's kind of the first um, and and it probably had a little bit to do with your two older brothers working. Well, I was just gonna you, say. I was like, gonna oh, say. Well, I can do that too. Well, I was just gonna say a lot of it involves family. Um, oh yeah. All, it probably wouldn't have manifested itself to the to the point that it did without. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I even went and got a job when I was eighteen at the airport was because I know you guys had both done it. Um, Why didn't either one of you follow my footsteps and go into broadcasting? You know, I don't... You were just... I mean, why did I want to go be the person when I could just get free tickets from you and you had to do all the work to concerts and shit? But... um, Well, we're actually kind of doing that now anyway. Yeah. So So, that's cool. So I don't know. That's kind of where the interest came in at first. Um, Yeah. You know, just stuff like that. But um, so my interest was just peaked all throughout growing up. You know, I was... You know... What what was your first... Uh, job in aviation first job you know the interesting thing was is i i thought it was something else with at first but i remember i got um and i'm going to repeat some things like i said from the first podcast but <laughs> yeah. i i answered an, an ad in the paper about you know wanting to want to work around aircraft and this and that and <laughs> turned out to be a mail sorting company that took the mails out to to the aircraft you know you'd sort the mail um they put you through this like two week training course where you learn the, the the city codes and you have to go through all the hazmat training and and all that and then it was really funny because then the day comes where they take you out to the airport and you're walking in between the concourses and I'm just loving it I'm just the this little at the eighteen year old geek and then the guy opens a garage door and. <laughs> Put you nope, on nope. a conveyor belt. And, nope, you're in the basement, son. You know, and stack these in the right cities, and, you know, you just do this all day. And then the guys that are on the tugs that come and pick up and take them out to the aircraft, they've worked there for, like, five years. <laughs> and you're just thinking, you start putting shit together, and you're like, this sucks ass. Like, the garage door would open, and I, like, turn to take a peek, and five pa- packages pass me on the conveyor belt, and I'm like, oh, shit, you know, and I'm trying yeah, to see airplanes. So funny. that one didn't last long, but... Hey, was, no looking outside! Yeah, exactly. But it was still... That was still my first experience with getting, like, an airport badge. Um, yeah. You know, just wanted to do something more, and so that didn't last long, and then... Um, <clears throat> and then I... My very next job was an airline startup, Winair Airlines, mm-hmm. yep. um, flying a fleet of 737s, a couple 200s, some 300 models, um, which was actually a side company of Millionaire, which mm-hmm. is an FBO out of Salt Lake International. Um, so there's a lot of connections there, and that, that ended up being my first real job. Yeah, and you were there for a long time. I was you? until the airline went under. Right. And then I just got absorbed as a line service tech over 
to right. the FBO. Over but that was what, where was, I got was all I my... working at Millionaire when 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 you know what I was I because because Hess, who we've had on the podcast, mm-hmm. him and I were the DI standby for all the winter flights when we were so on duty. Oh yeah, so I worked for Millionaire from day one till they stopped flying. So That's what right. year was this? Had you been ninety eight? So 98 to maybe... Did Winair go under in 2000, 2001? They lasted for a couple years, I think. Yeah, Um, that's right. But that was... You know, those were really the the awesome times in my life. Like, you know, I'm a 19-year-old single dude and I could fly for free anywhere Winair went, anywhere Frontier Airlines went. My friends and I used to hop on a plane after our... If we had, like, Thursday, Fridays off, Wednesday, we would bring a change of clothes and we'd hop on a flight to Long Beach Wednesday after our shift. Yeah. We'd stay Thursday, Friday, come yeah. home. And we hadn't even gone home in three days and we'd go right back to work. And it yeah. was like... What was that chick's name that lived in Palm Springs? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about that story. Anyway, <laughs> we, uh, we would do that. And, you know, and I just... I just loved it. Like, living that life. I mean, I remember we used to work so many hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we would sleep on the airport conveyor belt that would come from the ticket counter to the back room where the back room was. Yeah. We would sleep on the belt and we would sleep on it because what would wake us up was when the big metal door went because then we knew the morning flights were starting to check in so we'd jump up and get off the bell and um, oh yeah totally I can't even count the amount of double doubles that I worked like double shifts and back to back and maybe maybe barely eight hours you know, in between yeah. the shit. Oh, They've since <clears throat> established a lot of rules about hours and shifts, but back then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there would have been some days where I wasn't home for four yeah. or five days because right. I'd leave town, you know, and then mom would be like, when are you coming back home? And I'm just like, I'm fine. I'm doing this or that. And mom loved the flight benefits oh, too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I know I kind of went on there, but really working the ramp with Winair was really... Then I just sort of loved it, and then I went over and did line service, which was a whole other animal in aviation. But oh yeah, once you start working with general aviation, it's totally different. Than it really is. Yeah. Uh, having worked both sides as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I worked. Um, well, I worked the ramp for Millionaire too mm-hmm. at one point. This was later in my career, but I had done um, you know a lot of other airline stuff yeah. too. But but I remember working for Millionaire in Oklahoma City. Yeah. on the ramp out there and then for AAR out yeah. there and right. and just being a line service it's a whole different animal but yeah. it's so, it's fun though yeah so i miss um, it sometimes anyway, yeah so i i go over and i work and i stay at millionaire for years I yeah mean, you were there a long time mm-hmm. i i ended up i did dispatching over there i worked the line as a mm-hmm. grunt and then i was a line supervisor and then i was a training manager um mm-hmm. Basically, as positions were kind of created, I would do it, and I would train new guys, and just, I mean, real, really, they're working there so long, there's really nothing I haven't done. Right. I mean, well, you name we, it. We, we were even working together on Graves, yeah. remember, for and we had like some a stories. year. I used to fart on the radio when Aaron was up at you the might base, have, you, and I think yeah. I might have mentioned that, but just to see if I could get him to crack. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> what was sure. what was the rule about 
farting on the radio. Well, just don't do it when someone's up front. Well, no, you <laughs> stop farting on the radio at 5 a.m. Oh, because yes. that's when people are around. Which is basically when people are up front. So my favorite thing to do would be to go right out the corner where I could look through the front window and Aaron's like helping someone and just hold the radio down to my ass and watch him and then just right and then just watch Aaron try to not laugh. Oh man. Yeah. This. Um, this yeah. Yeah. That. That's how mature we are, everybody. Yeah. yeah that, that's, I mean, that's what we would do, but not but, the Unicom radio. Our two. Our two way. No. No. Because that way. That. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. So. Um, this section not just, sanctioned officially by. The Ramp oh Check Podcast. I can tell or... you some stories. <laughs> oh, which... man. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one funny story. Okay. This is an okay one to tell. Okay. Um, so we used to have an east side and west side operation with mm-hmm. the millionaire. When Winner went under, they kept ground services for Frontier and then later on JetBlue. So there was a lot of transferring of equipment. Mm-hmm. And did I ever tell you guys the belt loader through the fence story? The no. perimeter fence? No. Oh, dude. No. You guys are going to love this. <laughs> People talked about it for years there. So anyway, I'm driving this belt loader on the perimeter road to the other side, okay? And because they needed it, and it just our ground service equipment building used to be on the east side, which is where General Aviation was. So where the hangar was. So yeah, they would have to yeah. tow belt loaders over. And then a lot of times when they were fixed, they would just ask one of us when we're slow to drive one back over. Yeah. So I'd take this belt load and I'd drive it. And I immediately <laughs> realized there's no governor on this thing. Because a lot of them are governed, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm holding the yeah. gas down and it's just picking it. And I'm noticing it's not slowing down. So I'm like, man, I better be careful. So I hit the straightaway on the perimeter road. And I'm just like, I just opened this thing up, dude. <laughs> Well, I hit this bump, okay? And you know how long belt loaders are, okay? So, if you can picture, it goes... I'm just I'm like... <laughs> the worst okay? shot. So, listen. This thing is... I'm literally getting about five feet of bounce from front to back. Oh, shit. And, and they even caught... Uh, I think it was Dave Tegan. No, was it Tegan's? One of the guys told me they watched it on video. Tegan's was, was one of the Salt Lake... Airport ops. Airport yeah, ops sorry. Guys. But I don't know if it was him. But anyway, oh, man. one time it comes up in the air. My ass comes off the seat. And to keep me on, I grab the steering wheel while oh, I turn it. My. So the wheels are completely turned. The front wheels hit. And I hear this screech. Well, it immediately turns me into the airport road. Or the airport <laughs> perimeter fence. And I had no time to react. So I literally just braced for impact. And I tore the posts out oh my and went gosh. under where well, the fence came up like this and it stopped right here the the <laughs> dis, the gauge area Holy stopped shit. it and I stopped and I pretty much got thrown from it. Oh you're lucky you're gosh. not dead brother. Anyway, oh my god. No doubt. So that was oh. that was a good time. And oh, that's funny. You know, and just shit like that happening. I wonder if that video still exists. Another time oh, man. I'm coming back and I as a supervisor, we're working a flight on the, the west side, and I ask a guy to bring a water cart over, okay? Yeah. He uses our truck because it's wintertime, and he comes to pass me on the perimeter road, and I can just see sparks from behind the truck, and I'm like, what is going on? Well, he passes me, and he had flipped the water car on its side. This oh, was the brand new one, wasn't it? Brand new. Yeah. Oh, the, you, my I remember gosh. you telling us and about this. And he just is hauling ass, and he just... 
like waves at me as he drives by and just wet smiling. I just get on the radio and I'm like, dude, I'm like, the water cart's on its side. Like, stop. Like, are you freaking kidding me right now? So wow. anyway, just stuff like that. Aaron and wow. I used to, and I know you missed out on this, Tony. We used to, because the perimeter road was so close to the approach end. We would wait for like the morning DHL DCA. Yeah, all, all the cargo for or just big, big planes. Yeah, and we would take the flatbed truck and we would time it, and one of us would lay down in the flatbed and just look straight up. Yeah, the driver would time right <laughs> under it. Whoa! So you're, yeah, you're laying in the truck bed, and all of a sudden you hear this. Yeah, it was and then so the, awesome. and then it just like uh, right over you. That's pretty cool. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm sharing stories and things, and you're supposed to, this is supposed to be an interview, but I'm just saying that working the line was one of the funnest times in my life, and you know, it was fun. If if that job could pay what a lot of higher level jobs pay out there, um, I'd still be doing it today. Yeah, but, you know, it's just great experience, great fun. I learned. I mean, you have your buddies out there, your homies that are through thick and thin with you, and yeah, you know, you go through things in your lives together, yeah. you know, and it's just, it's really is kind of like a brotherhood. Yeah, and I so that, that. that's where a lot of my experience uh, came from, and that and that's why working the ramp. If you guys all make it, like for those of you that work the ramp that are listening, you know, make it a cool environment, yeah. fun. Don't be a dick. We've gone through yeah, that. Gone Don't through be a that. prick. Don't play pens. And you know, yeah. <laughs> when you talk about my experience too, I mean, Salt Lake held the Olympics. It's a big ski town. They host a lot of outdoor conventions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a huge tourist convention. And so let me just say this, like, not that there aren't a lot of people down there, out there that have done this a lot of their lives, but I mean... Anything basically, I started working from '98 on. I've I've fueled it, I've towed it, yeah. I've de-iced it. Yeah, um, it would be hard as far as celebrities go because of Sundance Film Festival. Oh, you yeah. can name a lot of celeb. If you gave me a list of ten celebrities, I bet I've met half of them. Who was the nicest celebrity you met? Nicest? I gotta give a shout out to Steve Carell. Um, yeah, cool, cool. Totally down to earth, awesome. Um, although a lot of people, <laughs> did, he, did he say? I love rant. <laughs> yeah. I love rant. No. Just kidding. <laughs> so cool. Um, <clears throat> Steve Carell was awesome. Bono from U2. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Gwen Stefani was on that same plane with them yeah. touring. Because they toured oh. with 727. We went to that concert. We went to that concert. Yep. We yes, actually we had did. a guy that got let go because he ran up in the aircraft without permission. <laughs> oh. Oh. And ask for autographs, idiot. Oh, um, yeah, don't oh, do that. Geez. Um, you know, the Steve Martin story was pretty hilarious. Dude, I have so many stories, but he was really nice. Um, you know, and these are all people that I love. And going into sports, a lot of people are probably surprised by this, but Michael Jordan was so cool to me every time he came in. Um, nice. And being, like, my sports idol, that, that really, like, stuck with me. Because a lot of people are like, oh, oh yeah. man, he's not, and I'm like... That's totally opposite of what my right. experience was. So, um, yeah. Well, they probably had Reeboks on. When yeah. Him and he's like, so thanks, MJ. I still support you to this day. But. So, so speaking of sports figures, I know your your KG story, but uh, oh, and I don't know if maybe that will qualify. So, who was the biggest asshole you ever met? Well, personally, well, I probably have to say KG in this, Kevin Garnett. Um, Figured. 
Um, but as far as celebrity goes, I wouldn't say she was an asshole or a bitch, but I got to tell you, when Christina Aguilera flew in and she was in, like, the peak of her stardom, yeah, I could not believe the monkey shit circus show that was there for her. Really? Um, she flew in on a BBJ and she oh, was by geez. herself. Wow. And her entourage got out in sunglasses like they were protecting the fucking president. Oh my gosh. And well, I'm standing know, there to do my job. What a girl job. wants, what a girl needs. I know, right? Did, did one of them have a genie in a bottle? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there. This this entourage pulls up of cars. And as, we don't always know who's getting off the planes, right? But sometimes right, right, we do. Right. We didn't know in this case. And I'm looking at this line, and I'm just looking around. And we're out at the aircraft requested to be parked at the end of the ramp. Yeah. So it wasn't close to the building. Right. So we, I was kind of thinking high profile. I'm the supervisor at the time. When that happened, I would just tell my guys, just let me go handle the high profile shit. So you don't have to stay away and all that so yeah. i'm there and i'm at the bottom of the stairs and i'm literally five to ten feet from the bottom i never just stand right there right he's a security guy and the guy tells me to back up oh so i look around loud. and dude i literally took one step and i put my hands up like like this yeah and he was like further you're so like, like this is my ramp dude yeah yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> anyway door opens i'm expecting to see like the freaking governor of the world or some <laughs> shit <laughs> Some sheet getting out and of the Christina airplane. Aguilera gets off, and she's hiding her face as she comes. And I'm going like, "Oh my god, there's no one you for a like, fucking mile, Christina." And guess what? No one here cares that you're here. <laughs> right. Sorry, right. Yeah. sorry. I just want it. I want you to get out of here so I can see what the pilots need. Right. So, and and actually seeing you get out of the plane was the biggest letdown I've had all exactly. year. Exactly. I'm just like thinking something cool, and then it's like, it's like. <laughs> so anyway so i would have to say that um getting told to get the fuck off the bus by an nba player wasn't cool when i was just trying to do my job um yeah that that that's yeah, annoying that, so, that was kevin garnett right yep that so, wasn't a utah jazz if you're listening to yeah. this Sorry, man, but I don't watch your stupid, stupid ass Area, Area 21. 21 program because yeah. I seen the real you, brah. So anyway, <laughs> um, anyway um, hashtag NBA cares. Yeah, you know, I just loved it. Um, That's funny. You know, I moved over to Atlantic Aviation when they moved into Utah for a while. I also did a stint in Provo, Utah with Millionaire, which I also worked with Aaron for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, yep. It was a smaller airport. I got that experience out of the way. De-iced some planes in a three-wheeler de-icer that went up to like 400 degrees oh, I when remember that stuff that. boiled. I remember that. Um, you know, just basically, and that's what I did for like 14 years. I just bounced around to Provo. To, most of it was in Salt Lake. I did Atlantic, mm-hmm. like I said, for a while. I ran the airline de-icing program for a while through Millionaire. Yeah. Um, what uh, What would you say... Um, was uh, the busiest day that you can recall that you worked? Olympics and for sure. The Olympics and Salt and Lake were, were you a ramp supervisor during that? I was. Yep. Um, so we, how how were you able to keep everything running and like going so everybody was taken care of? You know, it, honestly, it was. I just sat on my ass tough. and delegated everything like, from the office. It just was kidding. no, I definitely couldn't do that. Um. You know, so during the Olympics, one thing that was very helpful is they had a flight restriction from 
11 p.m. to 5 a.m. So, <laughs> can I ask what, what your... Aaron must have just thought so, of something really funny. This was, oh, so, hold on, hold on. So, I've been thinking about this the whole time, ever since you, Christina Aguilera came <laughs> on the yeah. stairs. <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly, man. Sorry, I had to get no, that No, that's out okay. There. But oh, if there could have been something I could have played over a loudspeaker, that's what I would have played. I, I just would have been like, oh, it's you, and then just turn around and walk yeah. away. Because yeah. I, mean, oh, I mean, when you're meeting like the Friends cast that comes in, and yeah. you're meeting people like freaking um, political figures yeah. and ex-presidents and all that stuff, like... Definitely, when someone gets off and thinks they're cool, like yeah, you know, I've I've wa- I watched I've watched a rich guy smack his wife in front of me before oh, and say Lord. say you're nothing without me getting the effing car, all this stuff. But anyway, yeah. um, going back so anyway, to go back to the Olympics. Oh, Olympics! Back. You know, yeah. the flight restriction, eleven p.m., five a.m. Um, well, nine eleven was still pretty yes. recent, and that's yeah. when President Bush came to the one of the ceremony right. opening right. ceremonies. Yep. Mm-hmm. and you can imagine the shit show around the airport with the FBI oh, during yeah. that time. Oh, oh yeah, man. Um, Secret Service, that everything. But you know, yeah. it was nice to have that time from eleven p.m. to five a.m. to catch up. Yeah, um, right. But so. there was literally like you. Here's we would print out a list on the flight tracker and planes were coming in every three to five minutes all day and we basically here's how it worked we had a tow crew and we had different frequencies we had a crew that just did catering and ice out and they had a different radio frequency we had our managers of the ramp and basically a plane would come in the tow crew would pull right up we'd ask the pilots what service they need and we would put it down we wouldn't necessarily do the service while they were there right unless it was fuel we would do that right away right they'd go inside and we'd have an operation in there for the pilots rides rental cars anything and we would just move the airplane yep. and there were times we would have four or five deep lined up to come into our ramp wow. and our ramp could fit a lot of aircraft yes. at one oh, yeah, time it was a big ramp and here's how we did it too we had six rows and we de- uh, designated them row one row two where you knew that's what we did anyway but we would put a crew in charge of each row yeah so we would that's have a good. line supervisor on one row and they would take care of that row and then you had row two and we all worked doubles pretty much for two straight weeks i'll bet yeah. you did and so it was amazing to so see during that time you yeah. guys are running around working your asses off double shifts do you guys have any accidents or incidents that you know you want to honestly there was not one incident in those two weeks and that is such a surprise because usually you would think with the volume yeah just the volume alone alone. well it sounds like you guys planned it pretty well yeah the only usually chaos if it's not planned and supervised correctly yeah and you know what i look back on that and it was fun it was so fun Um, you never know who was getting off. Like, I met Al Roker and Costas, and I know when we interview you, you can talk all about how you worked for NBC. But It's funny um, that you, but really That's quick. who I met on. NBC right. rented out one of our largest hangars because they're mm-hmm. GE, and right. they had a flight program or a flight uh, um, fleet yeah. mm-hmm. of so many aircraft. Oh, and, yeah, that's cool. You know, and that's when I met... Uh, <clears throat> What's his name? Too? The famous journalist. Um, it's on TV forever. Jim McKay. No. Oh. Um, 
NBC Nance? No. Why can't I remember his name? I don't know. Oh, I'll have was to look it Walter him up. Cronkite? No, it wasn't Cronkite. Ra- Pretty not sure Dan Rather either. Um, I can crazy. see Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Because it. it was NBC. Yeah, That's and Tom right. Brokaw, very uh-huh. nice gentleman. Right. Sat cool. there and talked to you for a while. How's it going? How are you guys doing with all this kind of thing? And just sat there and BSed with you, you know, which yeah. is cool. But anyway. That's I cool. I know you wanted to say something. No, I just wanted to say I thought it was so cool. So what were you doing during the Olympics? So I was actually, uh, I had transferred down to the small satellite millionaire office down in Provo. You were in Provo at that time. So it was a smaller, not even a tower there. Mm -hmm. And I just basically took care of U.S. Customs and Border uh, Patrol. They -hmm. were up there just doing security, flying their Blackhawk all day. Oh, wow. And so I'd fuel that, hangar that, push it in and out of the hangar, and just, I mean, that's basically what I did for two weeks. I took care of... U.S. Customs, uh, their Black Hawk. Yeah, and, yeah, and there and was any a other, lot of FBI chopper yeah, out at Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was also a um, um, a couple um, uh, station, uh, you know, TV station mm-hmm. aircraft, like the Helio carrier with their camera that they would orbit around right. the, you know, the venues mm-hmm. and, and show footage because, you know, up at, you know, altitude, six, eight, 10,000 feet at these venues, you can't use the Goodyear blimp. So, <laughs> so it looked Nerd. like it was the yeah. Goodyear blimp, but, but anyway, um, so well, that, that's what I was doing. Well, and the reason why I was asking is because, so you two were working in aviation at the time, and I was working for NBC mm-hmm. uh, during the game, so I was on the broadcast end. I wasn't on the air. Yeah. Um, but just in a support position. But it's really cool that... You would greet these people mm-hmm. and not even thinking that I would greet them once they got into town yeah. and kind of show them kind around. Like passing the it, Olympic baton. <laughs> or the Olympic. Here you go, brother. Um, and then, you know, I would help them out during their stay and then yeah. you would be the last yeah. one to see them. It's just... Yeah, we that, that is interesting, though. Yeah. All three of us had a different role yeah. when it came to the Olympics when it was right. in Salt Lake City. Right. Yeah, you know, was, I was basically was taking care of security. You were taking care of anybody and everything important. Yep. yep. You were t- you were well, helping out the broadcast crew. What was cool to me is we had a, a big projector screen in one of our hangars because we turned that into our lobby. Yeah. Because they didn't let any vehicles on the ramp during the Olympics. Oh yeah. And I would see <clears throat> Dave Matthews Band performing downtown. I'm like in the hangar, look, watch that cool. And then like ten minutes later. There he is. She's walking through the door. I'm like, oh, hey, like, how's it going? Kind of thing. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's cool. Surprisingly, though, like I said, the only incidents I can really remember is maybe like someone slipping on the ramp. Yeah, but no, no, like, major hangar rash, which, like I said, I am honestly shocked. That's really impressive, though. And if there was one that happened, I don't remember, but Mm -hmm. obviously it wasn't big enough to. Yeah. To remember. So, yeah. So, when in all your years working the ramp, did you ever accidentally cross the red guard line? Yes. <laughs> I can say that I have. I'm surprised you're alive to talk about it. I was told by a guy over the radio that I was given permission to drive out to a C-17 to do a laugh. Uh-huh. And I was greeted by security. They didn't have their guns drawn, but they yeah. were very... I don't want to say host, hostile. Agitated? Well, they were doing their job. Yeah, like, they met me immediately, and what, yeah. and I'm like, well, they told me, and they are just like, mm-mm. 
that can't happen again nope. kind of thing. So and you've, you still got to go to the access yeah. points, yeah. Yeah. wait, and, and then for, get cleared For to those go of you that don't work at an airport that has a military base or an installation on there, there mm. there is a painted red line mm-hmm. on the ramp that says, you know, basically do not cross use Lisa. of deadly force is authorized. authorized. <laughs> yeah. And that means that you don't even touch the red line. Right. Yeah. You know, well, and, and the they thing- are there, and they—I experienced that firsthand. I made it ten feet past that line. I was greeted by a truck. Oh yeah, a truck oh, with sure. yeah. And, in it. NBA or NFL rules, not soccer rules, when it comes to the red line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. You don't touch um, it. <laughs> right, and that goes both ways too. So. If you're coming from the civilian ramp to the guard ramp and you cross it, yeah. But if you're going from the guard ramp to the civilian ramp, same thing. Yeah. They'll they'll jack you up as well. Yeah. So they just have this one yeah. access point. Yeah. yeah. No, I and, and uh, I've got I went take down it serious. to that ramp cool. a lot. I worked yeah. uh, a Bill Clinton mm-hmm. charter that came mm-hmm. in. I went yeah. and did the bags for it. Um, stair trucks. Um, you know stuff like that. But like I said, you name it, I've yeah. done it. Like whether it be military or you do anything um that's awesome i even drove clear to rock springs wyoming once to run a stair truck we shipped up there wow. to work a charter because they didn't have a stair truck cable now there was a there. governor on that right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i didn't drive the stair <laughs> truck oh, 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 they gotcha. shipped the stair they truck and it. they let me take a crew car oh gotcha yeah, but <laughs> You know, so. you see him driving down the freeway <laughs> in a like, stair truck. Hey, you want to hear a story about a stair truck? <laughs> I drove a stair truck from the Provo Airport to a garage shop, and Larry, the line manager, or he was the FBO, the FBO manager. manager, was like, "Oh no, just take it. You'll be fine." I'm driving through town oh, no. in a stair truck, oh, unmarked. No. Like from the '60s, <laughs> worried it's gonna break down. Was that on the me, time so. they had it painted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, I, I drove that. it down there to get painted. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. You know, just a lot of good times. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah. looking at the past and all your experience and everything, what what about actually flying? What is there? Was there anything cool that you flew in? What were your opportunities where you actually were able to go so, up? So, being that I worked in the corporate side, I had a lot of friends that were mechanics, maintenance guys, and I just kind of let them know you get to know these guys and you try to make them your friends by towing stuff in and out of hangars so they can do run-ups because a lot of line guys are like, I don't want to go and pull that plane out again. Yeah. Um, just to let me know, hey, you're taking something up on a maintenance flight. I want to be a part of this. And and there were a lot of neat opportunities. Um, I will say that I have logged about almost 50 hours of flight time. That's cool. All I was was basically... My check right away from getting my pilot's license. I even passed passed my ground test. Um, nice. So that all changed when September 11th hit. I was literally in the process of wanting to schedule my check ride, mm. and September 11th happened, and it changed a lot of how I felt. But I still would fly if I had the opportunity. But um, as far as what I got to fly, I I got to go up on a, a G5, like above 40,000 feet, oh, testing wow. testing a new system they had. Uh, uh, like a radar system and then they wanted to test the pressurization I can recall a time I parked a Piaggio mm-hmm. and the pilot comes in a lot and his 
boss got off and went, shit, where's my briefcase? And he left it at the FBO in Idaho Falls. Oh, no. And he and the guy's like, I'm meeting here. I need that briefcase. And the pilot was like, okay, I'll go get it. And the pilot looks at me and goes, hey, want to go? Because he was by himself. <laughs> You're like, oh, I was like, yeah. Dude, I didn't even tell anybody on the line. I just hopped <laughs> in and went. All of a sudden you were gone. It was like, it was like where's the theme to right? X-Files? Dude, I was gone for like an hour. I was gone for like an hour. We took off, and he told me he punched it up there. He landed. He called the the line crew at Idaho Falls uh-huh. and had them meet him at the aircraft with the briefcase. And he just he left one engine running. And um, I don't want to name this pilot because he probably shouldn't have done it. He asked. He put the parking brake on, but just told me if it starts rolling, push the brakes, <laughs> opens the door, shuts that one engine down, and boom, we came back. Wow. <laughs> Anyone seen Ryan? Where'd he go? He keeps disappearing <laughs> like this. You did the same uh, thing with Hess. Went on a... <laughs> disappeared. I know. A Falcon 50 <laughs> to Vernal and did a few touch and goes. Nice. Um, flew flo- on a, a, a Hawker <laughs> when they did that. Sorry, I'm trying to remember. Uh, the Lair 35. Um, I've cool. flown on... Did my flight training in... Katanas, Cessna 152s, Piper yeah. Archers. Yeah. Went up in that turbo arrow. Did you ever fly 9 or 4, 5, 6, 8? Uh, yeah, Millionaires that's Cessna 152. 152 that Those I are the hours that in. I have yep. logged is in that one. Um, you know, airliners, that, that's very broad. I haven't flown on anything larger than a 57. Mm. But I know you guys have gone overseas and stuff like that. Oh, wait. Yeah. Excuse me. I flew on a DC-10 to Hawaii. Oh, that's yes. cool. Sun Country right. DC-10 to Hawaii. Cool. Um, did that with mom and nice. Steve. And, um, so I did fly on that. You know, I've done a lot of commercial. Pretty much all the Airbus, the CRJs, the Boeings. I got to fly on 27, 57, yeah. 37. Um, that's cool. Um, but those are pretty much, I've never got to go up on anything quite as cool as like, you know, like a B-25 like you did or a P-51, but, um, but you know, I've got to go up on a lot of cool things and, and I've had a lot of experiences like, and we know that you you went up with, yeah, with Hess Hess, and I got to go up with Life Flight a few times. That's cool. Gone up in a King Air, you know, just stuff like that. And always fun. Always a good opportunity, but Very nice. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we'll wrap up with the questions and then we can do the, um, the aircraft challenge. But um, what would be, with all the experience that you have, what would be your advice to somebody working the ramp these days? What would be your advice? Yeah, to make it fun, to make it... Yeah, you know, here's you know, the thing. Like, the best crew that I ever worked with was when we were just a group of guys that I know the whole crew, they were into aviation, they loved it. I'm not saying people that aren't still can't enjoy it, but um, it wasn't really about how much someone had to do or what they had to do. It was just that everyone just kind of loved being out there. And would, I think, would you also say that it had a, a lot to do with how everybody communicated? Oh, 100%. I would yeah. say that's mostly what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think the advice I would give, go into it knowing that you're going to work your ass off. Go into it knowing that it's it's not going to be a job where you just sit around all the time. But also know there is a lot of downtime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, I would say, enjoy it. Learn how to do things. Treat it as the more you know, the more you'll enjoy your job. Mm-hmm. So if you're always trying to get out of shit, you're not going to enjoy it that much. 
there are still friends that I have to this day that I made doing that. And it was because we enjoyed doing it. Um, you know, so I would say the advice is if you don't want to work hard and you don't really love aviation, maybe it's not for you. But if you want to get into aviation, definitely you can learn so much about an aircraft by servicing it mm-hmm. and working around them um, and just being in that environment. But, yeah, you know, sure. be brave and just get out there and do your job. And, and like I said, just I don't really know. I I just it's hard for me to pin down one thing, but I think just doing your job and enjoying it and talking to people and asking mm-hmm. questions and it's what you make of it yeah right so you know how many and i mean this is going to sound really cheesy but you know how many beautiful sunrises i've seen and how many awesome sunsets i've seen oh, how man. many badass storms i've seen yeah and you just work through it all and mm-hmm. it's just so fun and there's stories to tell about like my lightning story you even survived right? through one yeah. of those so sparky i mean everything it's all an experience so do it if you want an experience and you're looking for some fun but if you go into it with the wrong attitude you're not going to like it yeah, yeah. well yeah. and and to get and just be to safe. expand on what you were saying too if you're going to go and you're going to work in a line shack with a bunch of guys and you're lazy mm-hmm. and you're not going to work hard mm-hmm. basically all you're going to do is you're going to go to work with a group of guys that don't like you yeah yeah and it, and you don't want that and those guys usually don't last anyway Mm-mm, they don't yeah, so they'll wash out pretty exactly yep. yeah. so well, good. Anyway. I, f- I feel like there's even things that I've learned about you working around. That yeah. story of the belt loader, Dude. man. <laughs> oh, that's, I, there's got to be video still. I was like, there. when that I happened, I, I was just that. like, oh, shit. That radio call I had to make was like oh yeah, so embarrassing. Yeah, but, that's hilarious. But, you know, I was, so I was known for the guy that put the belt loader through the fence. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we can do the aircraft challenge now. Yes, All back right. by popular yeah, yeah, let's do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do this. Hey, Ryan. This is your, get out uh, the poster board. Right. Well, it looks like since we haven't done it in a while, we still got to do the final, not the final round, but the next round of Southeast. Southeast Division. So let's just hey. jump right into it. All right, um, let's do this. Hopefully we haven't done it. <laughs> if so, this is just a review. <laughs> um, yeah. We gotta go. We'll go. Yeah, we're getting. We'll be down to final sixteen after this, guys. Cool. Um, All right, here we go. The F eighteen up goes up against the F eighty six. Ooh, oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's, it's like two different fighter eras. Yeah, two eras. Um, who goes first? I'll just go first since All I'm right. starting it. Okay. I'm gonna. Although I do love the F eighty six because it's there's so much cool about it. The first time I saw the Blue Angels kind of sealed it for me on the F-18. I just, I love the F-18. I think it's a badass aircraft, so I'm going to pick the F-18. F-18, Hornet. Wow. So, <clears> to <throat> show you guys how old I am, <laughs> I, I flew He's F-86s <laughs> back in Nam. No. Um, that would be Korea. The, I'm back in Korea. <laughs> That's what I said, Korea. Um the first time I saw the Blue Angels, they were flying the A-4s. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. anyway. Um, oh, this is a tough one for me <clears throat> because I love the Blue Angels. <clears throat> I love the F-18. Obviously, that's what they fly now. Yeah. Um, but I just remember that experience when I worked for Majestic Air and went out and worked that air show in Wendover, the Wendover oh, Air yeah. Races. Yep, yep, yep. 
And I just remember marshalling in and and uh, starting and taking care of. Uh, they had a couple of F-86s out there during that time, and mm-hmm. and that's one thing that I remember most about that that air show. Mm-hmm. Um, other than flying out on the DC-3, which was badass as well. Um, I'm gonna say the F-86 just for nostalgia's right. sake. Oh man, you're gonna yep. leave it up to yep. me. It's up to, to you, you, brother. First, first um, um, oh. Okay, so oh man, this is tough. The F-80. Did the P-51 get through? Um, Have we even done I'd the P-51? I'd be P-51? surprised if it hasn't. Oh, I don't think it did. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm not seeing it. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It beat out the okay. C-130. Okay. Okay. okay, okay, okay. So, I would have to say the only... Oh, man. I don't even know what to say. I'm just... <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. It's a coin one, huh? Yeah, it might be a coin one. <laughs> I, would, I would just have to say, I worked with a lot of uh, F-18s uh, when I worked down at Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport mm-hmm. in Arizona. Um, the crews were cool. A lot of brand new Super Hornets right yeah. out of the factory as they were flying them mm. to the different squadrons. Probably the F-18. Um, okay. Had that new I fighter love, jet smell to them, did Oh, they? yeah, they did. And um, they were so clean when you fueled them. Like, you know, the white panel was actually white and not like greasy. Yeah. And, but, um, and, and the howl sound that an F-18 makes when it's flying yeah. by. Like going well, super, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. Well, even when it's just starting up, when, when it's starting up, that's Angels right. You, perform, you, you got oh the, the APUs yeah. kick on, and then all of a sudden you get that that low pitch like, and you feel it. Yeah, when you it's do. Spooling so, up like F eighteen. Okay, F eighteen moves on. Yep. All right. Love Tommy. the F eighty six though. You can go first in this one. Okay. Well, you can tell me what first. airplanes are. Um, just no, kidding. Just I guess. mean the aircraft. Uh, the famous Concorde. Oh, geez. Goes up against the A-10. Oh, dude. Are you serious? Serious. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst version of the Jeopardy I've ever heard. Hold on. Here's a better one. Oh, these are awful. It's some some jackass on a synthesizer. That's not the real thing. Okay, so... Um, the very first time I saw an A-10 fly yeah. was at the Provo Airport. Okay. Uh, we lived in Orem. You Love two weren't A-10s. even born yet, oh, I don't yeah. think. And uh, we went to a little air show out there. And the one thing that I remember about the A-10, other than the sound, is the coolest sound. Those those turbofan engines yeah. on there. Um, was I just remember that it, it took off. And I don't think it was even over the end of the runway. He went straight up, turned around, and landed in the opposite direction on the oh, same that's runway. Cool. That's awesome. And yeah, I love it. That was pretty crazy. So, having said that, I've been on a Concorde. Um, bastard. Well, I haven't flown on one. It was but static. Still like been inside but one. Uh, but cool. yeah, that was the one that they've got on display up at Boeing Field, mm-hmm. um, up in uh, Seattle. It's cool. Um, but I remember seeing a Concorde fly as well. So back cool. in the day when um, the airlines were trying to get the Concorde certified to try transcontinental flights, yeah, yeah. Um, they did a, they called it a whistle stop tour and it went to all these different airports throughout the country. And I remember we went, I think mom was there, I think dad was there, uh, Lisa might have been there, but this was in the 70s. and. 
we waited for like four hours for the Concorde to come um, and a whole bunch of other people that, that wanted to see it. So it finally flew into Salt Lake City, but it was it was dark, so we really didn't get to see very much of it until it pulled up. But that thing was the loudest thing I've ever heard. And this was landing. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's crazy. And it was really cool, too, because one of the airlines that was trying to get it certified was uh, Braniff. Do you guys remember yeah. Braniff oh, Airlines? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So the Concorde was painted, um, I, can't, I think it was one half in the Braniff colors, and then the other half was either Air France or British mm-hmm. Airways. That's cool. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, that just that brought back some cool memories, and of course that horrific day when we saw the Air France Concorde yeah, back in crash at oh, yeah, uh, Charles de Gaulle. I did see one um, at uh, JFK Airport as well, uh, with its nose down, just kind of sitting there. So, um, God, okay, now well, that we've had the history the lesson, fact, yeah, now right. that we've had the history lesson, the Concorde. I think you can put Tony down for Concorde. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm gonna say the A10. Okay. I really am. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Because when you've only got five Concords in the world, you don't crash one of them. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. I'm sorry. No, that then I'm not making light of what happened because that was terrible. But we know you. But anyway, yeah, the A10. I think I I'll never forget that. All right, Aaron. Um, how could you ever vote against the A10? Yeah. It's an A10 for me. It's that simple. Right. Well, and me, I'm. I've decided that the longer I think about these, the harder it is. So I would also, I think I might feel differently if I ever saw the Concorde fly. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe if I had even flown on it or something, but the, the stories you hear about the A-10 in action in the Gulf War and things like right. the one that like lost half its wing and they still oh, made yeah. it back. And oh, yeah. the the painted canopy on the bottom so you, you can't yeah, tell so what cool. side it's going like oh totally yeah i i agree a 10 so the the <laughs> afghan uh a lot of the afghan fighters back in um the day they would call it they called it the devil's cross yeah, yeah. oh yeah so, and you know that just, the the cannon on the front i mean nothing well, beats we're, that hearing that thing fire oh, oh my when, God, when you watch those that. videos of that thing mm-hmm. and just just yeah. like you're just like <laughs> i don't think there's anything cooler than that yeah, yeah. when oh, it yeah. comes to aviation that it so yeah i agree that's that's a tough one for the concord to go okay against, i know who's up all next, right Aaron? um Aaron yeah, go first we've got the the classic c141 which was always cool to see okay. Okay. going up against the old uh the old corsair the old f4 oh the f4u corsair mm-hmm. yeah ah. Ooh, that's a tough one um C-141, I, when I worked the ramp at Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport in Arizona, mm-hmm. um, the Air Guard uh, was flying C-141s when I first really? started See, working I, there. Back in 2000, so yeah, that, yeah, that was back in 2002. And then gr- gradually they retired them, and then it was exclusively mm-hmm. C-17s. Yep. Yep. Um, that was always cool. Um to see that i actually have some photos i'll probably post sometime soon of some c141 yeah because that was a classic one um and then the f4u corsair um you know that huge double wasp engine the 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 goal wing the history of it with the black sheep squadron mm-hmm. the marines mm-hmm. uh back in world war ii um gosh i i would have i definitely would have to go with the corsair just wow. because it's 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 a classic. When you think of World War II fighters, you think of two aircraft. Yeah. In my opinion, the P fifty one 
and the F4U Corsair. Corsair. Yep, I yeah. agree with that. So, so I guess I go next. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna make you be the final factor because for me, for me, there's <laughs> nothing cooler than that wing shape of the F4. No, Corsair. it's cool. I, like, and to see him fold up when yeah, he, yeah, when like it's on the aircraft yeah. carrier. That to me is just one of the the coolest things I've seen and the C141 it does remind me a lot of my childhood going up yeah. the hill and yeah. you can always see those and you can I could always tell when it was a C141 in the sky you know what I mean mm-hmm. there were, it just was so distinct but um yeah those are cool I always thought the C140 or the C17 was a perfect mix of the C141 and the C5 that's just it what is. I always thought. Like, if yeah. they ever hooked up in a bar, <laughs> exactly, it's their child. <laughs> um, so I'm going to pick Corsair, but even though your vote doesn't matter, you could still tell us what you would have voted well, for. Well, <laughs> so the C5 had a very distinct sound. Yeah. The C141 had its own very distinct sound. It was almost similar, but it was a higher pitch. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember yeah. oh, that yeah. at all. No, I do. And. I just it was the low the low bypass <clears throat> yep. turbo mm-hmm. turbo fan engines. I love the uh, the high wing design mm-hmm. just on that airplane and and I don't know why but this the thing I remember most about the C one forty one when you look at it is the profile was so distinct because if you remember up on the uh, the the top of the vertical stabilizer <laughs> and the hor you know the hor. <laughs> whore and the whores the horizontal thing um, they had that um, they had the what was it the, the mask it was like the, the spike yeah, poking the out spike. the front yeah. whatever that yeah I yeah, don't even know what the hell that was, was that cool. an antenna I don't know if that was an antenna or a big ass pedo tube <laughs> or what but the p-tot and I did fly on one cool. to one of our trips down to uh, the Dominican damn. Republic cool. when I was That's with the so Air Guard cool. so yeah, nice um, even though the Corsair is cool, and you guys already sent it beyond my vote, definitely would have been for the C-141. Oh, wow. right, cool. Well, interesting to know, Brad. All right. What's the next? All right. Last one for this <laughs> round is the... And it sucks that these two are going up against each other. I know what one are instantly I'm going to pick. Really? Just... But it sucks that they're going up next to each other. Is is the, the classic, the B-29. Okay. Okay. And it's going up. Against the SR seventy one. Oh, damn it! It sucks, but especially after the opportunity we have to sit in the cockpit, because I've I've been up close and personal with the B twenty nine as well, which is still impressive. But I just think I can't ignore everything the SR seventy one did, has done, how cool it is. I mean, what it's about. It's still Mm -hmm. cutting edge technology, even though it was designed in the (laughs) fifties. But if the B twenty nine were a person, I'd go pat it on the back and be like, listen, I'm really sorry, but I have to go with the SR-71. But you're really cool, too. Yes, so totally. um, I'm going with the SR-71. So are you guys with me when you think um, about the SR-71, the fact that it was designed um, in the 50s with 50s technology? How the hell were we able to manage that without alien intervention? <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously? Come on. Where's that X-Files music? Right? <laughs> Just saying, if it wasn't for Roswell, we might not have the SR-71. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Kelly Johnson was from planet Earth. 
I know. That's going to be another planet in this. We got Earth and we got Yurth. It's a nice Yurth you got. And then, and then the next galaxy, it's Girth. Yeah. It's it's actually they're the suns in a binary system. They're Yurth and Girth. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, as as impressive as the SR seventy one is, I definitely do believe it was designed in the fifties because of the avionics in it. Oh yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Vacuum so. tubes and dials and yeah. So, um, so yeah, but yeah, awesome. I, I agree with Ryan. SR seventy one. Yeah, how could we vote against the yeah. SR seventy one? I don't even I don't even know how or what aircraft we would vote over the SR-71. Oh, might as well just end the aircraft challenge right now. I'm just oh, kidding. We'll that see. would make our significant others happy. I know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, loves it now. She told me. Well, that's good. <laughs> she told me, eh? Suck up. She told me, eh? <laughs> All right, so now okay. we can move on to the next round, which is I'm looking at it, and it's going to be pretty damn hard. But oh, yeah. the interesting thing to see is how cool the aircraft are that are moving yeah. on. So well, it'll be since, fun. And since we've narrowed it down to the Sweet 16, mm -hmm. um, so that's only four per... Yeah, um, we could probably math just... Math is hard. We could probably just <laughs> start knocking out yeah, each division. Do, do, two yep. two of, yeah. two of them at a time. Two at a time. That sounds good. It'll end up All right, quickly. well, that was one hell of an episode. That certainly was. So, um, Aaron, let us know where we can find you on social media. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. That's the best way to follow me. Uh, my Instagram is at Aaron Rumfollow. Uh, a lot of the photos I post have my tag on it, um, as well as through the Ramp Check Global Instagram, at Ramp Check Global. Follow us there. Also on Twitter, at Ramp Check Global. Um, follow us, spread the word. Uh, we're getting more followers every week. Yes, we are. And uh, we hope to have that same success through our podcast. We love doing this. Um, we are definitely in it for the long haul. We love aviation, and uh, thank you for listening. Who's next, Ryan? All right, Ryan, uh, where can people find you on the social media? Instagram is at rumfollowme. I think I'm going to open up a Twitter pretty soon, but um, wow. I don't need to mention all the the Ramp Check Global stuff. Aaron just did that. But my Instagram is at rumfollowme. Give me a follow. Give at Ramp Check Global a follow. <laughs> Jeez, that's a mouthful. <laughs> um, and yeah, go ahead, Tony. Awesome. Your turn. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at trumfollow. That's uh, just like it sounds, trumfollow. Um, and, of course, uh, we all three, we post uh, through the Ramp Check, uh, at Ramp Check Global Instagram page. Aaron is the most prolific at it, but uh, we also throw some stuff up there as well. Um, and, uh, boy, we're, we're hoping here within the next few months we're going to have some really exciting news for you mm -hmm. guys. Yeah. Um, our uh, our product that we've kind of hinted at a little bit, we just keep inching closer and closer every day. So we'll keep you posted on that as soon as we can. But in the meantime, hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Uh, if you are, even if you aren't, um, uh, go and uh, give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, share it with your family and friends. Help us spread the word. Uh, we're also on Google Podcasts. You can find us on SoundCloud as well. Um, and uh, like through that Alexa as well. What is that? Amazon Alexa? You know, I I was in an electronic store and I I wanted to try it. 
Um, I was just going to say, hey, Alexa, play the Ramp Check podcast and then walk away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see what happens. We, we have an Alexa. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah, yeah try, try it. it. Get home um, hopefully that. it didn't play the first episode. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> no, actually, one. it didn't because it beeped at me and said that it wasn't connected to the internet. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah. Anyway, but, uh, oh, well. I don't know. Try it out. <laughs> Let us know if it works. Um, make sure you hit us up on Instagram um, or Twitter. Uh, and let us know what you're thinking of the podcast. If you want any questions you want answered or, yeah. you know, you want to tell us that, you know, that we're awesome. You want to tell us that we suck uh, in a nice way. Yeah. Um, and actually, com- comment on our photos. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. We well, love it when we, people comment. We definitely on, on the upcoming podcast, we definitely should read some and give some yeah. shout outs because there, there's a really cool uh, uh, guy from Russia who commented and I, I won't mention his name right now because we'll decide how we yeah. want to do that but he was really funny because i posted something that had like vladimir putin in it or whatever you can see that <laughs> yeah. on Instagram. and and he he uh, he actually commented and then he uh, direct messaged us you guys can read it next time oh, he, uh, that's cool. and it was funny he's like i won't you know it is broken english you know i won't say anything because you get thrown in jail if you criticize the government here and so i, I was just like oh shitsky wow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway but yeah uh, interact with us on on instagram or yeah, twitter it'd fun. be fun definitely okay. all right well uh that about does it for the podcast and uh we'll throw it to ryan okay, for this well, thanks for joining and uh good day eh <laughs>